Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 78, Annual Awards, and the question on everyone's lips, which church serves the best bacon butty? Welcome to the 2023 Church Ahead Annual Awards Ceremony. We're at a secret spiritual setting in a northern city. I can't tell you the precise location because we're already full and we're being mobbed by people trying to get in without a ticket. Stand back, please. A blonde-haired American with long tie and ill-fitting suit has just pushed his way in. You gotta give it me this year. I need worse Christian leader. As Mr T. Rump is escorted out, an elderly Argentinian with a white skull cap and robes to match is walking in, flanked by a posse of mean-looking men in black robes with red skull caps. Now he's sensing the microphone with incense, which immediately feels like a pure conduit of spiritual wisdom. Okay, Holy Father, you want an audience with Church Ahead? Sit there, please. And there might just be something for you today. Now, can I start the awards, please? 2023 has been another great year for the Christian church all over the Western world. Numbers up, credibility gained, bad behaviour down. Sorry, I pressed the wrong button on the mic. No, not lying positive spin. Hang on, this is the right one. Unvarnished truth. Right. 2023 has been another year of decline and fall for the Christian church nearly everywhere in the developed world. But it's not all doom and gloom, and in these awards we try to serve up a few scraps of hope. We're going to be 80 to 90% positive, but I warn you, there are still a few barbs. Are you hungry? First couple of awards relate to food. Let's start with brain food. What was the best book I read this year? Well, some really good books fell into my lap, and I'm lucky to have the time to read them. You may remember our glowing review of Nigel Bigger's Colonialism, A Moral Reckoning. Published this year, that was the best ethics politics book. Even better than Niall Ferguson's Doom about apocalypticism in general culture and Nick Thomas Simmons' biography of Harold Wilson. As we slide into history, Jeremy Morris' People's Church takes some beating. I was convinced by his division of Church of... England history into three periods he calls Age of the Monarch, Age of the Oligarchy and finally Age of the People. Very much in the spirit of Church Ahead were a couple of nostalgic personal reminiscences about the Church of England, aptly named Evensong by Richard Morris and Steeplechasing by Peter Ross, both very enjoyable. But my top two books were explicitly about God by atheists. And number two, David Baddiel's God Desire offers some great guesses as to why we want to believe in God. But the Book of the Year Award goes to God and Anatomy by Francesca Stavrakopoulou, Professor of Hebrew Bible and Ancient Religion at Exeter University. It's been around a couple of years, but I was thrilled by its divine insights this year. 
Francesca walks us through the Bible and history, showing us that long before Chalcedonian Christianity gave us a dematerialized, platonic version, the God of the Bible had hands and feet and genitals. I thought I knew the Old Testament God, but Francesca made me look again, think again. Now, after all that brain food, some belly food, in September, I visited Albion United Reform Church in Ashton-under-Lyne for an open day. The best church catering award goes to their bacon butty. Decent filling on proper bread, served up with love, all for pound fifty. If I'd walked into the local town, I would have paid double that for something half as good. So there's your symbol of church doing something better than the world around, but largely unrecognised. Now we're going abroad. Two foreign places, beginning with the letter G and ending with the letter A. Next award goes to Granada, Spain, for the most underestimated overlooked Christian heritage. I was there for a week in October. And like everyone else, I paid my 20 to 30 euros to join 8,000 tourists walking around the Alhambra, the palace and castle built by Muslim Moors. Yes, it's good enough, but I'm convinced the most interesting and beautiful sites in Granada are churches, monasteries and Christian sites. My favourite was the tomb of Ferdinand and Isabella, the king and queen who are everywhere in stone celebrating their reconquest of that region for Christianity, which no one wants to talk about anymore. It seems to me that Spain, like most of Europe, is playing down its gorgeous Christian heritage and celebrating its more mundane Muslim heritage. So the award for overlooking Christianity goes to the city of Granada. Why can't Europeans be proud of Christianity? The second place, beginning with G and ending with A, is of course the more troubled place of Gaza, which provides us with two awards. A couple of Sundays into the conflict, I endured a terribly one-sided sermon about the conflict from the vicar of Gorsworth, Cheshire. He only expressed sympathy for the suffering of Israelis. He thought he'd covered himself by giving one sentence of recognition that the Palestinians may have their grievances. It was a goodies versus baddies cartoon view of a human catastrophe ruining lives on both sides. Perhaps one of the answers to my question, why can't we be proud of Christianity?, is because of our contribution to this conflict, of which this sermon was a good example. OK, a bad example. Centuries of Christian pogroms against Jewish people in Christian Europe, who then want a state of their own, followed by decades of nutty Christians who think that Israel taking other people's land helps to bring about God's plan for the return of Jesus. So this vicar gets the award for 2023 Most Biased, Unhelpful Political Sermon. And I'm afraid there was, also, there was quite a strong field for this award because I've heard so much political rubbish from clergy in the pulpit this year. Now, we're still talking about Gaza and I would like to give the award for moral leadership to 
Yes, Your Holiness, please step forward. Pope Francis, I thought your November statement about both sides experiencing terror was exceptionally well put. To take a word that's usually used by one side against the other and then to show how it affects both sides was verbally skillful and morally imaginative, without eroding our rightful condemnation of terrorism. Well done, sir. You don't call him sir ever. All right, well done, Frankie. Next award is for church leadership internal. I suppose I mean for leading a church organisation through difficult issues. So I'm going to pick someone who many church people in England have dissed and not a few have called for the resignation of. Church ahead, church leader of 2023 is Justin Welby, Archbishop of Canterbury, for his steering of the sexuality issue through the church's general synod. On one side, he's been accused of abandoning real Christianity. On the other side, they say he's pursued unity at any cost without regard for principle or the welfare of those affected. I say he's read the room right and he's worked out there is now a consensus for turning condemnation of homosexuality into blessing, but as yet no consensus how this relates to marriage. I think he's shown wise judgment and kept his head in a way that certainly earns my respect. The bigger personnel issue is that he's coming towards the end of his term of office. Soon, Justin will be just out. He's managed sexuality far better than his predecessors would, and almost certainly whoever comes next will handle it less well. Does this matter? Well, one of the younger bishops round here said before the last synod, I want all this resolved now because I don't want to spend 20 years of my Episcopal ministry in a church arguing about sex. Fat chance, mate. This issue is going to occupy the Church of England for years and years. OK, Best Bishop of the Year Award. No, not that chap, who is a good baby bishop and will probably become a good big bishop, i.e. a diocesan bishop. No, not him. It's a her. Now, I've been teasing my clergy friends this year that if you want to get on in the Church of England, make sure people in high places hear you say, isn't Bishop Sarah gracious? Sarah Mullally, Bishop of London, had the unenviable job of being front and centre henchwoman for the bishops in the General Synod debate on sexuality. She was an excellent choice, another just in good move, I fancy. So praising Bishop Sarah's graciousness is surrogate for saying the Church of England is well led from the top. All creepy clergy will be saying this mantra for a while. Oh, thank you, my Lord. And let us always remember and never forget just how gracious Bishop Sarah is. But, 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 this silly joke happens to be true. She did demonstrate superhuman patience and generosity. And it was Sarah who said what was for me the only memorably edifying line in the whole sorry debate, when she said after the vote, I understand some people here will no longer want me at your table. I want you to know that you will always be welcome at mine. What a wonderful thing to say. So 
2023 Bishop of the Year is Sarah Mullally, Anglican Bishop of London. So, we've done Pope, Archbishop, Bishop. What rank of clergy do you think we're on to next? Yes, Church Ahead knows all about elevator religion, but the theological question is, are we going up or down? Father Sean runs a Roman Catholic parish with the Eucharistic Shrine in Stockport. I'm not going to give you his full name because I don't want to embarrass him. We were lucky enough to have him as our local Catholic priest for a couple of years. First thing I noticed about him was his humility. He was careful not to ruffle feathers in his new parish. Second thing I noticed about him was his sense of humour. He has a wonderful sense of fun. Number three, several languages he speaks. Number four, he's lived all over the world, served in France and the US. Number five, he really knows his theology. Six, he's both a superb preacher and leader of worship. When he prays, you feel he's drawing you into a close friendship with God. Nothing wrong with his successor, but I'll let you into a secret. Now and again, when I feel the need for a treat, I sneak into his church for a little top-up. So, 2023 Parish Priest of the Year is Father Sean of Stockport. One more award for the Catholics. 2023 Funniest Christian of the Year. Goes all the way to Americana. Laura Horn is a young mother with preschool children who makes satirical videos about life in her church. Things like comparing how the strict mother and the soft mother treat their children in church. Her YouTube channel is called Too Far with Laura Horn. Spellings in the show notes. I particularly recommend Liberal Catholics and Mad Trads or possibly Different Mums at Mass. Now don't expect too much from her. She's not a media professional. She does these skits in her spare time for fun. If she has an agenda, she wants to promote a Catholic prayer app called Hallow. But I think she is brilliantly funny in the best way. So, Funniest Christian 2023, Mrs. Laura Horn. I know I've been far too nice about Catholics in these awards. Well, don't worry, next year I'm going to serve up some Roman Catholic howlers. We finish today with four awards for Anglican churches, only one of which suffers from the sin of sarcasm. Award for the most overstaffed church. This summer I went to a Sunday morning service at Middlewatch, Cheshire. About 50 to 60 in a crumbling medieval building, I arrived a little late and sat towards the back, so I couldn't see the fronts of the people towards the front of the church. One middle-aged man in the front pew turned round and I saw his clerical collar. Then the woman next to him, same collar. Then another dog-collared lady walked up to the lectern. Then another one turned round. I counted five dog-collars. And the worship was led by a layman on his keyboard. What was that about? One last sideswipe against the Anglicans from across the Roman Tiber. If you had five Roman Catholic priests, they would expect to service a couple of thousand hungry worshippers, not 50. 
And if you went to the poorer Anglican Diocese of Manchester, they would expect to service a couple of hundred. It made me go all management consultant, calculating productivity. 2023 Best Choir of the Year, Manchester Cathedral. Absolutely superb every time. And meanwhile, their junior choir is looking more diverse. OK, that's a cathedral choir. Best genuinely parish church choir, St Anne's Church, Manchester City Centre, Church of England. They are DIY amateurs, but rise to really high standards without losing the right spirit of the thing. Final award. This award is for the best thing my eyes have seen in church this year. And remember, I go to quite a lot of churches and see quite a lot of things. The most revealing point of the service to really watch carefully, in my experience, is often when people are going up for communion. One thing I can't help noticing is who has mobility issues and who helps them. I was at a service in the Cheshire village of Bunbury when I was fascinated to watch a tiny, very old lady struggle out of her pew to take the arm of a very tall church warden in a jerky bird-like movement as she negotiated the tricky bit at the end of the pew. But then, as soon as she got going, she threw the supporting arm off with all the glee of a little child thrusting forward on their two-wheel bike. This lady knew her mind. She would accept help where it was needed, but not a second longer. I picture her celebrating her walk up the aisle for communion unaided as one of the great achievements of her week. But no, it's not this church that's getting the award. The most inspiring church visit this year took me to inner city East Manchester. St Cross Church Clayton. I praised their sermon in episode 69 and last week I crunched the demographic numbers for you. Now let me tell you the site that really moved me. You know this parish has a wide range of ages but that it's ethnically skewed towards older white people and younger black people. Towards the end of communion, a female worshipper who looked very much the classic English church old lady with tweed skirt and grey hair in a bun, linked arms with a 20-something male, black, skinny, with slightly unsteady bowed legs, and the two of them walked uncertainly up the aisle for communion together. I'm not sure who was helping who. I got the impression that this is a regular arrangement. I don't know which one benefits most, but I can tell you it inspired me. You could not imagine a more unlikely pairing. I don't think you could beat this as a picture of church bringing people together. So the 2023 Church Ahead Church of the Year Award goes to St Cross Church Clayton Church of England. Thank you for listening to episode 78. Please join us next week for our Christmas message which will be the final episode of this year.